Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Gideon crouched there. He has his pitcher in his left hand and his shofar trumpet in his right hand, and he's crouching there. Now it's called a shofar because basically it's a ram's horn. They would take dead rams and cut off the horns, and then they would blow on one end. It could do this huge, high-pitched noise and was often used in battle. Well, imagine Gideon there. It's dark. One hand, like I said, his left hand, he's holding a jar. A big pitcher with a lid on top. And then the other, he's got this horn. He's crouching there. And it's pitch black. trying to keep his breathing under control. He's got 300 men at his command, and he's taken on a force of 135,000. Think about that. He's got 300 men total, taking on a force of 135,000. It says in Judges chapter 7 that the Midianites were so many, they couldn't count them. They were numerous like locusts, and it says that they couldn't count the men, and they couldn't even remotely count the camels. That's how many they had. And here Gideon is crouched at 10 p.m. in the dark with just 300 men, and all he's fighting with is a horn and jar. Gideon looks around. He looked at the hundred men who were with him, this is crazy. I wonder if he thought, this is crazy. But you know what? I've got to trust in God. I've got to trust Yahweh. He's the one who's brought me here. And he put his trumpet to his lips. And then, you know, what's really interesting to me is, what would cause a guy who just months earlier was hiding in a wine press afraid of the Midianites? What would cause a guy to take on a massive army with such a small force when before he was scared to just thresh wheat? What would cause a guy that the writer of Judges essentially calls a chicken, a coward, to be bold enough to accomplish this great task? What would cause a guy to go from wimp to courageous? You know, it all comes down to a simple word, but it's a tough word. It's a tough word to live out, but it's one simple word, and that word is faith. As one writer puts it, here in the story of Gideon, God was looking for recruits for his faith, not his force. 
God was looking for recruits for God's faith, his faith, not God's force, not his force. He's looking for men and women who want to live by faith. And you know what? God is still looking for those special recruits today. Men and women, boys and girls who will say, I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to put my faith in Yahweh. It all comes back to this wonderful idea of faith. Faith is a pretty big deal in Scripture. Abraham put his faith in Yahweh, and in Genesis 15, 6, it says, And he believed the Lord, and it counted to him as righteousness. Abraham put his faith in God, and God said, I'm going to count that as righteousness. I'm going to give you my righteousness. I'm going to cover you just because you put your faith in me. Later on in the New Testament, Paul, trying to explain the gospel, he takes this faith in Abraham as a model of what the gospel means. And in Romans chapter 4, 1 through 6, it says, What then shall we say was gained by Abraham our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he is something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith, there's that word again, is counted as righteousness. Again, in Hebrews eleven six, Paul writes that without this thing called faith, it is impossible to please God. And also in that chapter in Hebrews 11, the great chapter on faith's hero, where Paul begins the chapter by defining faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Well, that whole chapter in Hebrews 11, it's, it's, it's called the, the, the hall, the, the famous hallway of the heroes of faith. Because in chapter 11, Paul talks about the various men and women from the Bible who exhibited faith. And they're like the hall of fame of what it means to live by faith. And you know what one of the busts in the great faith hall of fame is? It's Gideon. It says, and what more shall I say for time would fail me to tell of, the writer's saying, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and forced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to the flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. I mean, faith is a big deal. Think about it. You can't please God without it. You can't obtain the promises of God without it. And in Galatians 3.11, it says the righteous will live by, you got it, faith. So here is Gideon, the model of faith, who only a couple months earlier was not the model of faith. He was the exact opposite. He was the model of what it means to be a chicken. Here we have Gideon faith about ready to strike but like i said he was a chicken months earlier and just a few days before this incident when he's about to raid midianites his faith started to waver again 
You know, God had taken his men of over 10,000 men and whittled it down to just 300. Remember, he started with 32,000. God whittled it down to 10,000. And now God said that's still too many. Then he whittles it down to 300. And possibly God gave Gideon the worst fighting force imaginable. The worst people you would want in your army. That's who Gideon's got in his 300. Can imagine he comes, he sort of crawls to the edge of the cliff. He looks down into the valley of Jezreel where all the Midianites are camped. And he looks at them all, like I said, numbered as many as locusts. It says there in Judges chapter 7, you couldn't count them, especially the camels. They numbered as the sand of the sea. I mean, this was a massive amount of people. Can imagine he looks down. And he sees a mighty force. Then he looks back. He sees the misfits he's stuck with. Then he looks down and sees all the military strength and, and all those powerful camels and horses. And maybe he sees hundreds and hundreds of people, men fighting and practicing. And then he looks behind him. He sees Larry swing his sword and miss the target. And instead, he hits Jacob bonk in the head. And Jacob gets mad and swings his sword and misses him. And he hits himself in the foot. And he's thinking, oh, my goodness. He leans over and talks to his second in command. His name is Pura. P-U-R-A-H. Pura. Turns and talks to Pura. I don't know. Does God really want me to take these 300 men against 135,000 Midianites? I mean, look at Jacob and Larry. They're idiots. Are you sure, Pura? I wonder if Pura is thinking, you know, I don't know. I'm with you, Gideon, but God's called us to this. Let's do it. I don't know, but we've got to trust. And Gideon thinks, angel of the Lord talked to me. I saw God himself. I've seen how he's provided. Remember that that fleece that I wanted wet and he made it wet and the ground around it was dry. And then I said, make the fleece dry and the ground around it wet. And that sure happened. So that night, Gideon goes back to his tent. It's starting to get dark. Goes to sleep, puts his head down on his pillow. Then he has a dream. It says there in Judges chapter 7 that that same night the Lord comes to him. Probably felt like a dream, but it was God. It was Yahweh talking to him directly. In the middle of the night, it says, hey, I want you to get up and go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid, it says in verse 10, Judges chapter 7, But if you are afraid to go down, and and if you're afraid to go down by yourself, if you're afraid to go down to the camp by yourself, it says there in Judges chapter 7 verse 10, go down to the camp with Purah, your servant. I think it's interesting. God understands Gideon's fear. He says, hey, don't go alone. If you're that scared, take Purah with you. But he says in verse 11, when you go down there with Purah, you shall hear what they say. And then it says, after you hear it, your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. 
so you know Gideon wakes up and he's thinking wow God's encouraging me one last time here God encouraged me through that fleece God encouraged me by talking to me directly God comes to me in the middle of the night and says hey go down and I'm going to give you another encouragement that this battle is not insane this is what I want you to do I want you to take 300 men against 135,000 if you want more encouragement go down tomorrow night with Pura and I'm going to show you so he gets up and he tells Pura, we've got to go down to the camp tonight. God's got something fantastic to show us. So Gideon, Pura, later on that night, they go down and they sneak up close. They come, you can imagine them climbing down the cliff a little bit, hiding behind a rock. Coming down a little bit more of the valley, coming down, hiding behind another rock hiding behind another hill. They come up and they sneak up very quietly, him and Pura, to the edge of the camp. And they look up and they see nothing. Maybe they see a tent. Maybe they see one of those the millions of camels. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it says two guards show up and begin to talk. I can imagine, you know, they're tired of, it's probably late, you know, maybe midnight, because that's when I would go down to the camp to really check them out. I want it pitch black dark. You know, these guards are tired. It's in the middle of their shift. Maybe one's eating a sandwich. Maybe he's taking a break and the other's standing there. Have you seen anything, Fred? No, have you seen anything, Frank? Nah, I haven't seen a thing. And then Fred says, hey, Frank. Can I have some of your sandwich? And Frank says, all right, sure, have some of my sandwich. And Fred goes, Frank, I got to tell you, I had a weird, weird dream. I had just the oddest dream last night. And then Frank goes, what sort of dream was that? And he says, well, well, let me tell you. He said, behold, I began to dream Maybe it was the pizza I ate the night before. I don't know. But I began to dream that this cake of barley bread tumbled into our camp and came up to my tent, struck my tent, and knocked it flat and turned it upside down. And I'm inside. And Frank's like, that's a weird dream, Fred. And Fred's like, I know. Frank's like, what is it again? And Fred's like, I dreamt I was in my tent and this cake of barley bread, imagine sort of like a, a rice cake or something like that, started to roll down the side there and it came into our camp, hit my tent and knocked it flat. And Frank goes, oh, no, Fred. You know what this means. Fred goes, no, 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 I, I don't know, what, what do you think it means? And, and it says there in, in Judges chapter 7, verse 14, this is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given into his hand Midian and all the camp. Fred looks at Frank, and Frank looks at Fred. 
And I wonder if at that point they started laughing. Ha ha, I know, it couldn't be that. Could it? No. There's no way. <laughs> oh, come on, let's go on our rounds. Come on, Fred. Yeah, can't be that, Frank. <laughs> Ooh. They're a little scared. See, barley bread back then was food that was eaten by poor people. It was not eaten by anybody who had money or power. You ate it like scraps. It was like the ramen noodle of its day. You don't eat barley bread unless you have to. Well, here this poor barley bread represented in the mind of the Midianites Israel. Because they were oppressed by the Midianites. They were nothing. They were poor. Here this poor barley bread rolls in and totally knocks out the camp of the Midianites. And it's interesting to me that those two men, I think probably prompted by God, used the very name of Gideon. Gideon was becoming well-known. The name of Gideon had begun to spread out from the camp, and the Midianites had heard about this guy named Gideon who was putting together an army, and maybe they were beginning to laugh, but then they heard this dream, and this guy thought about this dream, and he's like, this is bad. This is Gideon overcoming our camp. And like I said, maybe they laughed about it. I don't know. And maybe they were like, oh, it's okay. And went a little nervous now. And oh, let's just keep it to ourselves. It'll be fine. We've got 135,000 men and all those camels. They got nobody. But you know what? Gideon and Pura. They probably turn to each other and, yes, they high-fived each other quietly. Because you can't high-five each other, you know, loud, because otherwise they'd hear you and trying to sneak up on them. And they started to high-five. Yes, yes, that was so encouraging. That was so exciting. That was the boost they needed. And Gideon's like, we can do this. Those men mentioned my name. They didn't even know I was here. Those men had a direct dream, and this had to be from God. And I can imagine Gideon and Pura climb back up to the top of the mountain there overlooking the Valley of Jezreel, and they are so excited. Yes, we can do this. You know, I think it's encouraging I, that this story, because God knows when our faith needs to be strengthened. He'll send people around at the right time to encourage you. He'll send that money just when you need it. And though it doesn't fix everything, you know I'm going in the right path because of these little statements of encouragement. And I just got to keep living by faith. I just got to keep pushing on. That's what church is about. It's a big injection of encouragement just when you need it and this is what Gideon needed and he is a renewed man he's confident in his faith so he hops up on that rock the next day early morning and he gathers his 300 men and he says all right here's the battle this is what we're gonna do I want you to pick up a picture now remember, they had 32,000 men at the beginning. A lot of them left. They were left to 10,000. 10,000 men then left, with, and they only had 300. Well, every time those people left, they would leave their provisions. And quite often, these men would bring their provisions, food that they would eat, in one of these big clay jars with a lid on top. Well, when they went back home, they just left their provisions in their jar. They also all brought a horn with them, again, 
to call for help in the middle of battle. You know, when you're surrounded, you would blow on your ram's horn. People would come to you to help you to, well, a lot of men left their horn. So 300 men, they each had their own jar, but inside this jar wasn't provisions. Inside this clay jar was a candle, or, or the Bible says a torch, a big fiery torch. And inside this jar, there was a torch that, was, that they would light. They would probably put some oil on it, you know, take some sort of match back then, and it was lit. And then they put the lid on top of it, so it was dark. But if they removed the lid, the light would shine. There was enough air probably to get through, but they put, they lit the torch and they put the lid on top. And in the other hand, they carried this shofar, this trumpet, this ram's horn. And I can imagine Gideon and Purah showing them, hey, this is what we're going to go into battle with. And I can imagine Larry and Jacob and Steve, they're like, that's it? They probably had their sword on their hip. But we're going to go into battle with a jar with a torch inside of it, a flaming torch and a ram's horn. That's what we're going to go into battle with. Gideon said, yes, this is what God told me to do. Are you with me? And they're all like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I sort of like this jar. It's sort of cool. Yeah, let's do this. Come on, let's do it. I get my own horn. Yes. And so Gideon said, all right, there's 300 of us tonight. We're going to go down there. And I want us to break into companies of 100 each, three groups of 100. I'm going to lead one. Pura's going to lead one. And you know what? We're going to have Larry lead the other. And Larry's like, yeah, oh, me? Are you sure? Yep. We're going to break up into three and we're going to totally surround the camp. And then when I say, for the Lord and for Gideon, that's when I want you to smash this pitcher. And I then want you to blow on the trumpet. And that's when we will see how the Lord delivers the Midianites into our hands. And again, what are we supposed to do, guys? And there he's like, uh, Smash our jars, blow our trumpets when you say something about Gideon. No, no, no. L l listen to me, Gideon says again. I want you to blow your trumpet and then smash the jars when I shout for the Lord and for Gideon. And remember, when I blow my trumpet, I want everybody else to blow their trumpet. When I smash my jar, I want everybody else to smash their jar. And I'm going to yell out for the Lord and for Gideon. And I want you guys all yell out for the Lord and for Gideon. Do you get it? Yes. Yes, says Larry. We blow our trumpet. We smash our jars. And the light flies out everywhere. And then we shout out for the Lord and for Gideon. Yes, that is what I want you to do. We can do this. Yes. Got to practice on our trumpets. They're blowing away. Well, that night says they went down there at the beginning of the middle watch which is around 10 p.m. Now it's interesting by showing up at 10 p.m. that's when the guards were changing shifts. Some guards were leaving, some guards were coming on. In Gideon's day the first watch was from 6 p.m. as guards to 
10 p.m. The middle watch, which is where Gideon's showing up, was from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. That would be a tough watch, I think. And then the morning watch started at 2 a.m. and went all the way to 6 a.m. And they would shift guards in between these moments. Well, this is when Gideon and his 300 men, they show up at 10 p.m. Just at the beginning of the middle watch. And he says, all right, Pura, send your men around there. They go around that side to the right. They start to go around the whole camp. And he says, all right, Larry, take your men. And they, they go to the left, and they go all around the camp. And as they totally go around the camp, Gideon looks around. And when he finally sees Larry meet up with Poorah, he realizes that the camp is encircled. And it says that Gideon then takes the men. He's proud of each one of them. Gideon, in the middle of the night at 10 p.m., he says, this is it. This is what God's called me to. This is faith's great victory. And Gideon stands up and he puts the trumpets to his lips and he blows. Now imagine, it's dark. It's the middle of the night. And out of nowhere, you hear, and then you hear 300 of those. I mean, that would freak you out. And then Gideon smashes his jar and out shines the light from the torch, the flaming torch, the light shines forth. And imagine one of those is pretty scary enough, but can you imagine 300 all of a sudden out of nowhere? All this light and these guards are milling around and then they hear the men cry out a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. They yell it out as loud as they can. Remember, it's dark. They're not expecting this at all, the Midianites. And when they see the light and they hear the sound and they hear these men yelling, it says that the Midianites, they looked around and it says they cried out and fled. And it says that the men of the Midianites, they were so afraid that they began to fight themselves. It says every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army. The men who, again, who are the guards who are coming on, all of a sudden hear this, the guards who are leaving, all of a sudden see all this, and they're like, what, what is that? Who's that coming towards me? Ah, and they start fighting because they think all of a sudden the Israelites have showed up and they think, is that an Israelite? No, it's a guard, but they don't know that. And, oh, oh, I've killed somebody. Oh, and they start fighting. Basically, the Israelites didn't have to do anything. The Midianites were so freaked out, so afraid, they just began to kill themselves. But you know what the secret is? You know what the greatest reason they won? It's found in Judges chapter 7, verse 22. It says this, The Lord, or Yahweh, set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army. 
Yes, it freaked him out. Yes, the light must have been pretty bright in the middle of the night. Yes, that sound would scare you to death. And yes, all those men yelling. But ultimately, the Lord began to put in their minds that the army of the Israelites was massive. The Lord put it in their minds that, hey, this man in front of him was probably an Israelite when he's killing his own comrade. It was Yahweh who set every man's sword against him. It wasn't the brilliance of Gideon. It wasn't the brilliance of the Israelites. It was the Lord who did it on behalf of his people. It says the Midianites were scattered far. And Gideon and his men wiped them all out that day and pushed them out of the country. And a great victory was won by Gideon and his 300 men. But ultimately, the hero of the story is who? Yahweh. The hero of the story is the Lord God Almighty. And that God is still powerful today. And that God still stands before you and says, you can have a chance to follow me. And it all starts with faith. And it all starts with putting that faith, putting your trust in my son, Jesus Christ. If you're willing to take that step of faith and put your trust in him, I'm telling you, you can be a modern-day Gideon, and who knows what God can do with your life if you're just willing to step forward in faith, follow him, and say, Jesus, I'm going to be loyal to you, and I'm going to follow you the rest of my life. That's where I put my faith. Will you do it? Will you be a modern Gideon and live by faith? Man, I sure hope you will because you will be excited about the adventure God is going to take you on if you just take that initial step. Do it. Do it today. Baldhead Bible Podcast is created by Dr. John Katzian. Music composed and performed by Elijah Katzian. Edited by Lincoln Katzian. If you would like to listen to more of Baldhead Bible Podcasts, please subscribe. New episodes added every week.